Welcome to the Profit Cast. I'm the coach, Levi Landrigan. And I'm the player, Luke McCark. And we're here to bring you our unique perspective on local, college, and pro sports. So join us as we dive into the headlines and stories that you need to know. Hey everybody, it's the coach here, and boy do we have some football to share with you for this podcast episode, starting with local. On Friday, I was able to go to Nebraska Christian, just north of Central City, and watch the Eagles take on the Heartland Huskies. Now this has always been a really good matchup. These two teams face each other just about every year, and it's almost always a close game. So I was looking forward to watching some good football when I went out and saw the Huskies and the Eagles. And Heartland started with the ball, and they went down, and they were just driving, getting four or five yards a pop. And I thought, wow, this is a really good, strong Husky football team. And they had put up big numbers in their season opener the week before. But Nebraska Christian defense held and kept them shut out, kept them out of the end zone, didn't let them score on that opening drive. And they turned around and went the the length of the field the other way and turned it over on downs. And both teams really marched up the middle of the field, playing good football, knocking against each other, but neither one letting the other into the end zone. The entire first quarter was scoreless, 0-0 at the end of the first. Nebraska Christian finally did strike first when they scored a touchdown. And then a little bit unconventional for eight-man football they they kicked a PAT and made it so they went up seven to zero the two teams kept beating on each other and slugging back and forth and uh, even though like I said Heartland had a really good offense in their season opener Nebraska Christian put over 50 points up in their first game but at halftime they and throughout the second quarter they then traded touchdowns again with Nebraska Christian kicking another Uh, point after going up 14 and then Henderson Hartland the Huskies scored a touchdown but tried went for two and did not get it so at halftime your score was 14 to 6 they come out and each team gets another touchdown in the third quarter but again Nebraska Christian kicked the PAT and had 21 points Hartland went for two and did not get it so at the end of the third quarter Nebraska Christian was up 21-12 Henderson came out Heartland came out and just was fighting for everything they were worth a lot of times when you get down 21-12 you're down two possessions you can really start feeling oh we don't got much of a shot and you can get deflating especially in the fourth quarter towards the end of the game but Heartland kept fighting they played really really well and clawed their way back into this game. They scored, and uh, they had the ball again with uh, just under two minutes left. So they're driving the length of the field. They get all the way down with 10 seconds left. They're down 21 to 20, and they throw the ball into the end zone to their favorite target, big kid, number five, Zach Queering, their tight end that had been the the quarterback's favorite target all night. And the game-winning touchdown was in his hands but it was also in the hands of the eagle defender drew purdue and drew purdue knocked it out and the eagles with 10 seconds left hung on to their one point victory 21 to 20 was the final score for nebraska christian over heartland 
and I got nothing but praise for both of these teams. They they fought, they clawed, they 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 worked really hard banging on each other. And I, I talked to a couple of the Heartland players after the game. I said, "You guys got absolutely nothing to hang your hat on this, to hang your heads about." They very easily could have won that game, 26-21 or 28-21. And again, like I said before, this was a pretty unconventional way to win an eight-man football game because what it really came down to was kicking those PATs after every touchdown. Nebraska Christian was three for three on one-pointers, and Heartland was one for three on two-pointers. So ultimately the Eagles won by one point, but I think both of these teams could really make some noise throughout the year in eight-man football. And they, they have a tough schedule ahead, both of them do, but I wouldn't be a bit surprised if both of these teams make the playoffs and have good playoff runs deep into the season. It's the player again, and I'm going to talk about the Central City football game this weekend. It turned out a little bit better than last week's game against Ord. Uh, we went, traveled all the way to Kozad, a two-hour drive, got back at 1.15. So that was a pretty late night, but uh, it was worth it because the Bison were able to walk away with a 49-14 to victory. Now this game got started right away with a bang. Very first kickoff went deep, and Tyler Carroll returned to 89 yards for a touchdown. That was one of three touchdowns he had in the night. Really a great day for Carroll. And no injuries, really, so that was another big win. Uh, Carroll ended up missing a lot of the last game because of cramps. But uh, anyways, this game was really all bison from the start. After Carroll scored a touchdown... Pfeiffer was able to run one in for 17 yards on the very next drive. And uh, the one of only two touchdowns for the Haymakers came in that quarter. And then the Bison, on another special teams play, were able to block a punt, which ended up rolling out of the back of the end zone for a safety. So this was really just all Bison, like I said. Um, two great special teams plays. That was really nice to see the um, see them get some plays in there that were nice. And uh, really, Derek Pfeiffer had a great game. He, uh, he threw for 185 yards, 17 for 22, and then ended up running for 182. So that's back-to-back gains with over 100 yards rushing. And Ashton Gregg had 68 yards through the air, as well as Carroll with 51. Like I said, Carroll had three touchdowns. One of them was a run, one of them was kick return, and one of them was a pass. Zickman also had a touchdown, as did Carney running in the ball. And the last touchdown for the Bison came from a freshman by the name of Corbin Kyes. So that was really nice to see him get some experience and really for Bison fans to be able to see what he can do next year. Dylan Pfeiffer graduates, so the keys are going to be handed to Kai's. Kind of fun to say there. But anyways, he went in at the end of the game in mop-up duty and carried the ball 10 times for a total of 60 yards and a touchdown. He also had a 27-yard run. That was really nice to watch where he had a really nice stiff arm on that play, sent somebody to the ground. And really just a dominant defensive performance as well. Jacob Kutra had a great game. He was flying all around the field. And overall, the whole defense played very well. So it was nice to see the Bison come back and 
really take it to the Haymakers. Showed that the Ord team that they played last week was a very good team. And the Bison Ravels keep it close to three quarters, ended up falling short, and then really took it to the Kozad Haymakers this week. And a homecoming game next week against Holdridge. So if you want to come see that and you can see who the homecoming king and queen are, and uh, a lot of those Bison are actually all of the candidates for homecoming are going to be playing on that football field. So go on and come down to Preferred Popcorn Field next week to see them play the Dusters, and uh, hopefully I can see you there. Well, it's the coach and the player together for this segment. We are going to be recapping Nebraska's football game this last weekend against North Dakota. Luke, tell us a little bit about this game. Yeah, so Husker fans were having nightmares in the first half of this game um, because at halftime it was 17 to 17. And that, or 7 to 7, excuse me. And that is really not something you want to see happen in playing against the North Dakota Fighting Hawks. So everybody was really having nightmares, and then um, it later was 17-17. It really wasn't until the fourth quarter where this game really broke open. Eventually, Nebraska did win 38-17, to but uh, there were a couple bright spots in this game. Yeah, it definitely took too long to put this team away. And uh, like Luke said, we, we can, as Husker fans, we can kind of get pretty angry about a 21-point win, which is, which is a little bit silly. So let's look at some of the positives that we can pull from this game. Uh, again, something that I was really happy with, I talked about this last week, but uh, Antonio Grant had another great day running the Anthony. ball. Anthony, not Antonio, sorry. Anthony Grant had another great day running the ball, and he is I think he's going to be a really good running back for us. And if he can keep turning out 100-yard games, we're going to do really well when we get to Big Ten play. Yeah, that, that was really a phenomenal performance. Almost 200 yards in the day, 189, averaging 8.2 yards per carry, which is unreal for a running back. Really good carries. Um, yeah, so that's, like, that's what uh, Trey Palmer averaged receiving yeah. in their last game, so that's... Really impressive. Uh, speaking of Trey Palmer, he also had 82 yards catching, kind of quietly, in my opinion. I I was watching this game, and, like, takeaway wouldn't be like, oh, Palmer looked good. But, like, quietly, four catches, 82 yards, looked pretty good. Yeah. So what are your final thoughts as you're looking forward to facing Georgia Southern this week and then looking forward again to the big matchup against our old rival, the Game Oklahoma the Sooners. That's right. Yep. Um, I really just want to see Nebraska put it all together, play four quarters of really good football. Yeah. That's what all Husker fans um, are looking for. I'm not asking to hang 70 like uh, Miami did, but I just want to see four quarters of solid football and really shut those uh, Eagles out. And uh, – they, they, the Georgia Southern looked pretty good in their opener, but um, granted, it's week two. They're not playing like good teams or anything right. like that. I um, think, I think to echo what you were saying, just to to see consistency, because last year when we beat Northwestern fifty six to seven, 
that game really didn't surprise me because it was everything that I had seen before. And I'm seeing glimpses of it again this year where it's like we have players that can do special things. We have moments where we look really good. And then we just either do really boneheaded things or just make silly mistakes or the ball just bounces the wrong way or we get unlucky. But like you said, if we can just put together four consistent quarters of football, make good decisions, play hard, tackle with good fundamentals, I think we could do really well. Not overlook Georgia Southern, take care of business there, but then get ready to face the Sooners. Yeah, it'd be also be cool to see some of our guys get back. We've had some injuries. Right. Um, two of our four captains were out last week. Henrich was dealing with something as well as Volkolek, So It'll be good to have those guys back. Yeah, and a reappearance of IGC. Yeah. Um, looked really good in the first game. No catches in the second game. Well, moving from college to professional football, the NFL officially kicks off probably today if you're listening to this on Thursday, the 8th of September. Tonight, the Bills will take on the Rams, and that is going to be some fun football. They always put a good matchup for the first game of the year. Luke, what do you think about these two teams going against each other? I'm very excited to see it. And uh, the Bills, I've gotten a lot of hype here in the offseason. And uh, I haven't really bought into it completely. I want to I want to see it first. Um, so I'm I'm taking the Rams in this one. Uh, just put that out there now. But I w- would be pleasantly surprised if the Bills could uh, put something up that looks like the Super Bowl favorites that they are according to Vegas. Yeah, they are. A lot of people have them as the number one team in the league this year. They think they could go all the way and win the Super Bowl. The Rams would know what that's like having just come off a Super Bowl victory themselves. So it'll be really interesting to see what this matchup is like. A lot of times teams that win the Super Bowl have a little bit of Super Bowl hangover. It's hard to be as competitive the next year as they were the previous year. But the Bills have never really crossed that finish line. I talked about this a little bit when I broke down the AFC East division where they're they're a good team. But until until you really prove to us that you can go all the way, I'm I'm having a hard time buying in. But I think during the regular season, they're a really good team. I think Josh Allen is a phenomenal quarterback, one of the best in the league for sure. And I'm I'm gonna pick the Bills to win this one. So you'll okay. stay tuned to see. We have our first first controversial pick of this NFL season, and what do you know? It's in the first game. So Levi's got the Bills. Luke's got the Rams. This will help you guys know whose advice is better to take this NFL season. Yep. Now let's just do a couple more picks. Um, We got Bucks-Cowboys. Bucks-Cowboys, I would have to pick the Bucks to win that one because I don't think the Cowboys are going to be nearly as strong as they were a year ago. Both of those teams actually have some big injuries on their offensive lines. So it'll it'll be a good game to see which defense puts more pressure on the quarterback because... Um, Dak Prescott for the Cowboys and Tom Brady for the Buccaneers. Well, really every quarterback, but especially those two perform so much better when they have a clean pocket and they've been blessed to have that for most of their careers. So they've put up some big numbers and have won a lot of games. So how are these two quarterbacks going to do if they have to scramble a little bit in order to get the ball out? Now, for any of you that are new to our podcast, um, I will warn you, Luke has a really hard time giving unbiased information when it comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So with that, Luke, what do you think about this game? 
Go Bucks putting up 70. 70 to what? Yeah. Zero? Yeah. Okay. Maybe a five. Like I said, hard time with unbiased opinions. Moving on. Um, How about uh, Packers-Vikings? Packers-Vikings? I think the Vikings could win the North this year. I want to I wanna see if you can guess the line on this. What do you think? Uh, Are the Vikings favored? Just about. Um, Is it even? Packers by one and a half. Really? So that's a... Uh, Kind of surprising, it's, you know. It's been the Packs division but. for so long, you know. They they until you lose until you lose, you get to wear the crown, really. But yeah. the Vikings are good. They got some great weapons on offense, but quarterback edge I mean, quarterback edge has to go to Aaron Rodgers over Kirk Cousins. There's really no way around that. Back to back MVP. He's he's a phenomenal thrower of the football. And it's and it's not the NFC championship game, so he's got a pretty good chance at winning it. So, I I don't know. I think this could be a good year for the Vikings, though. They could be the team that runs the North. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's Packers are a weird situation this year without Devontae Adams. Right. Losing, losing Roger's main weapon. How well is he going to do? He's still going to do great. He's still going to put up huge numbers. He still has a cannon. But what's it going to be without his top receiver? It's almost like trying to predict the stock market because you might think the Packers are going to fall but I don't know if you want to take your stock out of them until you you actually see it falling. So exactly. that's it's kind of like trying to predict the stock market there. Like, are the Packers going to keep climbing even though they don't have their top pass catcher, um, or are you going to see that fall? But you can't really count on them falling until you actually see it happen. So what do you think? Who do you got in that game? Really tough, but I got to go with the Packers. Also. All right, they here we go. Fallen yet? Levi's um, going with the Vikings, and Luke's the player is going with the Pack. Yep, and it pains me to say that, but go Pack, go. No, I'm never okay. saying that again, <laughs> ever, ever. All right, um, Chiefs, Cardinals. Uh, really fun quarterback play in this game. If you want to watch a good game, this one is going to be the 3:30 CBS slot. Patrick Mahomes, obviously one of the more well-known quarterbacks in the league with just what he can do with a football, throwing it left-handed behind the back with his eyes closed. He'll probably throw it with his foot this year or something crazy like that. But he doesn't have his top wide receiver either. But uh, I, I think the Chiefs will still be really good. Andy Reid is an incredible coach. Um, I think this would be a better Week 8 matchup than Week 1 matchup. I agree. Because the Cardinals, as of now, do not have De- DeAndre Hopkins sure. with the suspension. Um, so that is, uh, yeah, that is probably going to be an important. Fact. But they do have Kyler Murray, and if you have not had a chance to watch the Cardinals play, that dude is fast. I didn't watch him a lot. Of course, I heard a lot about him coming out of college and and his first few years with the Cardinals, and you know, Mister Baseball and all that. But Kyler Murray is a fast man, and he can just get out and run. And he's you know, I I listened to another podcast that calls him Beep Beep because he's like the Roadrunner. Beep Beep. Mm-hmm. And he just gets out and goes. And (laughs) so so Kyler Murray is a really good quarterback. So this could be a really fun offensive match, but I would have to pick the Chiefs just because experience and Kyler, even though he's incredibly fast and he's a good quarterback, he was uh, was a little dramatic this offseason. He wanted to get paid sooner than his contract said, and they, they managed to get their feathers unruffled, but that doesn't always bode well for team chemistry Patrick Mahomes is the opposite type of leader he got a he got his contract out of the way a couple years ago and he left a lot of even though it was a big contract he left a lot of room for money for other players so his teammates know that he's looking out for them instead of just himself Mm -hmm. 
And uh, last game we will pick, Chargers-Raiders. This game is going to be interesting because the Raiders really did a lot better than a lot of people thought last year. They made the playoffs. They they did really well with an interim head coach after their head coach got fired. The Chargers picked up a lot of new pieces in the offseason. They got some more weapons on defense. Their quarterback is, is a really good young quarterback. He uh, is out of Oregon. Luke, what's his name? Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is a, a really rising star at the quarterback position. And this is kind of my unpopular, I guess, opinion. But I do not think that the Chargers have a good coach. Brian Staley is in his second year of coaching, and he is a very risk-taking, um, analytics, mathematician type of coach where he'll go for it a lot on fourth down. And I do appreciate risk-taking, but within the realm of awareness of the game, you have you can't just rely on the mathematical statistics of the game. You have to see where you're at on the field. You have to see what the momentum of the game is telling you. You have to have a finger on the pulse of the game to really make the right call in those types of situations and circumstances. So I don't think Brian Staley is a good coach. I don't think the Chargers are going to make the playoffs this year. And I don't think he is going to still be their coach at the end of the year. So all that to say, I'm picking the Raiders. What do you got in this matchup? I'm also going to pick the Raiders, but just quick question. Do you know how many, uh, which team had the most players in the NFL top 100 voted on by the players? I don't know if any of you listeners are familiar with that. NFL Network puts it out every year on the players vote on who they think the top 100 players in the NFL are. Do you know which team had the most? Was it the Chargers? It was the Chargers. Um, so something that's that's very interesting. Um, you don't necessarily think about the Chargers being the most talented team in the NFL, but ultimately, I just don't see. I I think that Derek Carr and uh, Devonte Adams are going to have something really special going on this year. Right. And uh, they also have D- Darren Waller, so something Devonte Adams hasn't had somebody to take the target off of his back right um because you know and hunter renfro and hunter renfro like i was i was gonna say that um but having those two guys to kind of throw throw the target off of his back somebody didn't have in green bay and he somehow managed to still get open and uh also aaron Rodgers was able to throw him open great quarterback play there but Derek carr and Devonte adams put up some really special stuff at fresno state and i think that that is something that could really show up big this year and somehow the Raiders still managed to make the playoffs against the Chargers in the last game of the season even with their coach getting fired and one of their players killing somebody in a car crash and another one of their first round picks getting kicked off the team and just some crazy turmoil down there interim head coach nearly beat the future AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals in the first round I got the Raiders doing something special this year and beating the Chargers. Yeah, it it is interesting that these two teams played each other at the end of last season. And on paper, the Chargers were the better team. The Chargers were the team that should have won that game. The Chargers were the team that had a lot less noise. But the Raiders were the gritty team that just guts out a way to get a win and make the playoffs. 
So maybe it's just that that's that's biasing both of our views. You know, we'll see how the season plays out. But I think the Chargers are the fourth place team in a really really tough division. I agree with that. So, um, sum summarizing, we've got two picks that are going against each other, and that is Bucks. No, 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 my bad. Um, Bills over Rams. That is Levi's take, and uh, Packers over Vikings. That is my take. Yep. So, um, tune in to see who's the better profit there. That's right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But remember. God made you special, and And he he loves loves you very very much. much. Bye.